riches, riches I need not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always, thou and thou only first tiptoeing through the tulips, but uh, some days are rough, and uh, you have a string of hard days, you just feel like the enemy's coming at you from every, everywhere, the battle's not yours, <laughs> and not only is it not yours, but it's already been won, God is fighting for us, and I just remember the story of Jehoshaphat. command to them was send the band first send the send the worshipers first you know and God fought that battle for them all they did is went and took all the spoil so I'm going to sing that again it's a good verse
child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine own. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe.
I've been a Christian for a long time, but I still have days when the enemy comes and says, Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you're, you know, sure you're right with God? You know? Are you, you know, and he, and he tries to whittle away at your confidence. He just tries to bug you. And I just point to that cross and I say, He did it. I did not. He died for me. Y'all, if you've put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ and you've trusted in the shed blood on the cross, your salvation is sure. Be confident and happy, church. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I just pray that you would I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word. Father God, I thank you for being so gracious and so wonderful and so long-suffering towards us and taking care of your children. Thank you for coming soon. I pray, Lord, we'd be ever watchful. God, we just love you so much. Meet us here today. Amen. Y'all can be seated. leading those songs. You know, sometimes songs like that, Jesus paid it all. A lot of us have known those old hymns all our lives, and we can sing through them and not really think about them, but uh, it's when, when you read those words, when you focus on those words and, and understand them, it's amazing the, the message there and, and the peace that comes from knowing Jesus paid it all. Very fitting for our uh, service today is we're going to have our uh, uh, communion service, our breaking of bread. And uh, actually, if with that song, Drew, I'd like to ask you to come lead that song again towards the end of our service, if you would, um, during our breaking of bread time. I, I would love to, uh, as, as we're passing out the, the bread and the grapefruits, I'd love to hear you sing that song again. Welcome to each one. Thank you for being here this morning. It's a uh, privilege to gather together. And as uh, we mentioned, it's a little bit of a, a uh, different order of service today. And uh, we, we do have our communion service, Breaking of Bread, which we have uh, about four times a year. And uh, on the fifth Sunday of the month. It's just more of a, a scheduling thing. That's not a, a doctrinal thing. It's just uh, what we have uh, chosen to do as a church here. So you're welcome to, to join in with us in that uh, towards the end of uh, the service, I believe that'll be. We also do not have a meal planned. It's another uh, thing that we do fifth Sundays to just kind of give each family a chance to do their own thing. So uh, there is not a meal planned after the service. Um, there will be a, a bit of a, a different order to the service as well. I'll let uh, Phil explain that a little bit more. And uh, I think we're going to go into that right now. We don't have anything planned for the children this morning. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Phil, and he will uh, take the service from here. This week, uh, the Lord kept bringing Luke 17 to my heart. 
And as we sang that song, brother, I was, I was so greatly encouraged um, with this, this man. We don't even have his name. Have you ever studied the nameless Christians in the Bible? Oh, they're some of the most encouraging stories. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm not going to let you know their name. Why? So we give God the full glory. But one of the things I'm really looking forward to in heaven is to meet these guys. They're some of my heroes of faith. And Luke 17 is one of them. Verse 11. And it came about while he was on the way to Jerusalem that he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. They weren't allowed to come close. You know, when you had leprosy in those days, you were isolated from the people because it was very contagious. Probably worse than COVID. I don't know. But they treated it a lot like the world today is treating COVID. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Has that cry ever come out of your heart to Jesus? Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And you got to realize, these guys were dying. Not only were they isolated, they had a death sentence on them. It was only a matter of time. And they were just living it out until they die in isolation. So they were desperate. When they seen Jesus, something in their heart cried out, Baby, there's hope. Have mercy. And when he, Jesus, saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. That's it. Come on, Jesus. Can't you give me more than that? I mean, can't you say, Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Like you did to others. I'm sure they heard the stories. Or can't you... Spit on the clay and come over. You're not scared of me, surely. Couldn't you lay your hands on me? Come on, Jesus. Give me more than that. Do you understand how risky this was? If they show up at the priests at the temple and they still had leprosy, do you understand what was going to happen? They were going to be condemned to die for sure, like a double condemnation. They already had once been pronounced by the priest unclean go now all jesus said to these guys was go go to the priest and show yourself what faith that's all jesus was looking for in everyone he healed trust and that's what he asked them to do and they went and it came about that as they were going they were cleansed now, one of them, we don't know his name, when he saw that he had been healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet. Can you imagine this guy? The rest are going still to show themselves to the priest. And this guy turns around and he runs to Jesus because they'd been standing afar off. 
And he comes running to Jesus with a loud voice, just praising and glorifying God. And he falls at his feet. Giving thanks to him. Oh, and by the way, he was a Samaritan. He was one of those hybrid Jews, not a real one. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who turned back to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And that word well is complete, whole. Some translations say, your faith has made you whole. Now, there's something about leprosy you need to know. It eats away at your members of your body. If you had leprosy in your hand or started in your finger, it would eat your finger away and eventually your arm. And so they were missing members of their bodies, depending what stage this leprosy was at. And there's a distinct difference. The nine were cleansed. The leprosy was gone out of their body. But that's all they got. The one who turned around and gave thanks to Jesus and worshipped him at his feet. Jesus, and he alone heard these words. Jesus said, rise, your faith has made you whole. And I personally believe that difference was every member in his body was restored. The fingers that were eaten off, all of a sudden right there. His body was made whole. Complete is the word. Because he had a thankful heart. Wow. I just had to share that word because it, it's been something the Lord has been putting on my heart. Phil, count those little things. When your heart cries out for mercy and you receive it, be like this Samaritan. Come. And worship. You cried, now worship. And you will be made whole. That which sin has stained you with will not only be cleansed, but the inner damage to the soul. Because sin dismembers us, just like leprosy. It cuts things off of our soul, pieces of our soul, and it leaves it behind but when we give thanks, all of that is redeemed and restored. We're made whole. Our inner man is made complete in Jesus. Have you found that? That's what this service is all about. That's what communion, breaking of bread, is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want to read this scripture to you. In verse 23. Actually, I'll, I'll begin uh, reading in um, verse 20. Therefore, when you meet together, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in your eating, each one taking his own supper first. And one is hungry and another is drunk. Paul was rebuking the church. This was what was going on when they broke bread together. What? That's the word. What? Can you imagine Apostle Paul saying... Just like that. Do you parents ever say that to your children? Out of kind of frustration, you just go, what? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing to this church. 
Some were getting drunk. Some were just gluttonously eating, and others were there with nothing to eat at all. And they were actually very hungry, but they wouldn't share with them. The Holy Spirit is like, what? And when the Holy Spirit does that over your life, and you know He's saying that to you, what? Whatever area that is, then listen to these words. Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I will not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. Did he eat it first? No. What did he do with the bread that he broke? What did he do with it? Hmm? He blessed it and passed it around. Is that what you were going to say, Lel? He gave it to others. He fed them first. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Do it this way. That's what Apostle Paul is telling the church. Do this with the blessing of God's promise to you. With the eternal life I've given you, do this with it. Bless the Lord for it and then give it away. Share it with others instead of getting drunk on it yourself. Have you ever been drunk with God's word? I have. I think you probably have been too. If you only drink this and you don't share, you'll get drunk. And the problem is with drunk people, they're in denial. Have you ever seen a drunk person and you looked at him and said, you're drunk? And he's like, yeah, I know I'm drunk. No. A few have said that to me, but most of them, and I've said this to many of them in trying to help them, looked at them and said, you're drunk. He's like, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. They're almost always in denial. And that's what we become when we're drunk with God's word. We only take it for ourselves. We deny it many times. And he's giving us the opposite. Do this with the bread of heaven that I break for you. That word of encouragement I give to you. Share it first. Give it to others. Do this. As often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. And that's not saying that I'm unworthy. All of us are unworthy. The word is, in another translation, in an unworthy, unworthily, or in a, in a way which dishonors Christ. In a way which he didn't. That's what Paul was rebuking the church for. This is not how Jesus did it, guys. You're being selfish about it. Jesus wasn't. He was giving his life. And Jesus said, do it this way. 
And when you and I do it this way, if we don't do it this way, we should be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. How are you eating and drinking of the Lord's great salvation today? In a selfish way or in a sharing way? That's the difference. One is the life of Jesus. The other is a drunken stupor. Because a drunk man is very selfish. It's usually why they drink. It's the core of it is to help myself, to drown out my sorrows. They only think about themselves. And that's why drunk people beat up their wives and they don't mean to hurt them or their children or they break things and they're destructive and abusive because they're selfish. That's what it is. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and in number sleep. And that word sleep is you're dead. You're dead spiritually. That's the end of it. If they weren't going to repent from this kind of way of doing it and start sharing and let the breaking of the bread be about sharing the gospel with each other and encouraging each other in Christ's finished work, they were going to die spiritually. Some of them already did. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. God is so good to his children. When he sees us act selfishly, he corrects us. Like he began, should I praise you in this? No. There are times when God looks at us and says, I'm not going to praise you in this, son, daughter. I'm correcting you. So repent. Like he told the churches in Revelation, repent and turn away from this. And I, I will come and fellowship with you. That we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Or that word is serve one another. Serve one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. So that you may not come together for judgment and the remaining matters I shall arrange when I come. And I have just a suggestion to you. I know our deacons typically get up and they get the cups and we, we're still using the leftover, I, I call them the toy cups, <laughs> a little tiny grape juice and a little plastic wafer. It seems like it's plastic. But as Ty said this morning, it's a thought that counts, thankfully. We didn't want to just pitch them and throw them away, but maybe we will after this because I... I don't like it. I don't know if you like it. but Anyway, we, that's what we have today. And the deacons will pass them around and you'll each get one. But I would like to invite you to do it this way. The one that you get, turn around and give it to your neighbor. Serve one another. It might remind us what this is all about. Serving each other with the gift of eternal life we've been given. That's how Jesus did it. Do it this way. I encourage you with that. Also, the difference of 
our service today is that we're going to take some time out, as I announced a couple weeks ago, to um, share each one of us uh, with you as a church and to open up our lives to you for any questions you may have. Uh, and so uh, the, the four deacons and then Brother Kerry as youth pastor and Brother Jason as our worship pastor here, we'll all sit up here together. Um, and I'll give them each a time to share with you how the Lord has called them to this work here. And if you have any questions after each one of them is done sharing, um, then we'll just open it up for a time of interactive um, time as a church. I think it's really important when the Lord does a work like this among us, even though they have been serving like this and nothing really is going to change on the practical service of things, we felt the Lord calling us to do this officially and lay hands upon them and, and pray over them, and we'll do that next Sunday. But this Sunday, we thought we would just open up our lives to you because one of the things that I've seen in church life is that many times those who serve in ministry tend to separate themselves. And we, it's almost like they become the elite in the church. And if you don't have a public service in the church or a public appointed service in the church. It's like, well, I don't know who I am in this church. I don't know if I have any part in it. Or... And things tend to happen in the back room and then just, you know, come out and show themselves to the church. And I'm concerned about that because it disengages those of us who serve in a public way from everyone else. And in reality... That defeats the church. It divides us. And the devil loves to divide and conquer. And Jesus did not minister that way. He ministered among the people. And when he sent out the, the 12 and when he sent out the 70, he just sent them out to live among the people. But he appointed them publicly to that ministry. And so that's why we're doing this. It's just in an effort to just open up our lives to you because we're one of you. I always share with people who would like to call me pastor. That's not who I am. I'm not your pastor. There is only one who is your pastor. The shepherd. That word, by the way, is just shepherd. There's only one who is your shepherd. And he's not me. It's Jesus. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. You shall not want. Pastoring is what I'm called to do. But who I am, I am your brother. If we all died right now through catastrophe or Jesus would come back, we all stand together before the Lord. I won't be your pastor. I'll be your brother. That, to me, is the highest calling of God in Christ Jesus that any one of us could have. To be called brothers and sisters of Jesus? Can you imagine? Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And you're standing before his throne of glory. And you're falling on his face because you can't even hardly look at his face. And he gets off his throne and he comes down and he picks you up. Like he did John. When John seen him in Revelation 1. And he says, welcome home sister. Welcome home, brother. And he gives you a hug. And he takes you into heaven and shows you 
The glories of God, his Father. That's all I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I should not lack. That's all I need. And all the service I've done for him in this life, I'll be like Luke 17, the first part of the chapter. After you have done all of this, you will say, I'm just an unworthy servant, Lord. That's it. But that's not what he will say. That's what I say. But you know what he says? You're my brother. You're my sister. Welcome home. That's powerful. That's what we are. That's who we are. Let's never lose that, dear brothers. As we serve the church in a public way, or sisters and all of us together, as we serve the body of Christ in this way, whatever that service is, remember, the highest calling of God in Christ Jesus you and I could ever have in this life and eternal life is to be his sister and brother. And everything else we do, it just flows out of that love, that relationship. Okay, I'm done preaching now. Um, let's pray and come before the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to invite you brothers to come up and, and each grab a chair. And we'll just sit together up here. And, um, and then I'll give the mic and we'll pass the mic uh, to each one of you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you and love you this morning again with an overflowing heart. Full of gratitude and praise to worship you, Lord Jesus, at your feet. For cleansing me from all unrighteousness. The stain of my sin is gone. And not only that. You've made me whole. And now I get to stand here and share your word. And fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Because I'm a brother. And this high calling of God in Christ Jesus is so amazing to me again this morning. And I pray you would pour out your spirit upon us, each one of us, as we serve each other and bless one another and encourage one another with your Holy Spirit being among us so that you can be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. What happened? You gonna use these chairs? All right. Um, I didn't really prep these guys for all of this, so you know, if, if they act a little bashful and shy, whatever, just give them a break. But they're all right. They'll get used to it. Where are you going all the way over there, Carrie? Okay, um, John. Okay. Thank you. I, I said not me, but anyways. Uh, what am I supposed to say? Okay. So I mean, uh, since I was a young man, young boy, I've always felt um, just the Lord in my life wanting me to. I've, I've always liked helping people, and um, in a, on a very practical level, and um, so as my relationship with Christ has grown. That's grown into spiritually as well. And um, 
that is in the last, I don't know, five years or so has uh, been manifested more and more. And um, anyway, so we're, I'm happy to be here and um, we praise the Lord for what he's done in our lives. And um, that's why I'm here. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to uh, serve the body of Christ and leading y'all in in worship. Um, And thank you all so much for bearing with me over the past seven months. Um, So much has happened, and uh, God has been so faithful. But... um, just something, I guess, a verse I'd like to share. It's Colossians 3, 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I don't know, I guess just my heart in... in um, leading worship, I don't see myself as in some position, you know, um, superior to anyone else, but my heart is to um, be a steward of a work that God wants to do in each of your lives, and it's an awesome privilege to to be able to... Um, to be a servant to you all in in leading in the praise and worship time um, Sunday mornings. And um, so, yeah, that's my heart. I want to serve the Lord. I want to uh, serve each one of you and whatever God has called me to do. And um, I've been part of, of, I've been part of a praise team on and off for the past 12 years. And uh, so, yeah, it's a real joy and, and honor to serve the Lord in this way. I don't know about you guys, but I'd like to be the greatest about that. What does that remind you of in the in the scripture where people were arguing about being... Now, I'm not going to get these guys to argue with me, trust me, but uh, <laughs> be a one-sided argument. In Luke 22, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and this is just shortly before... Uh, Jesus was crucified, and and here he's trying to give his disciples last-minute instructions, and they're sitting there arguing who gets to be the greatest. And you know, Jesus didn't really tell them not to try to be great. He told them how to be great. And that's that's the big that's the big difference we have we so often have a uh, messed up view of what it is to be great now in 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 uh, churches and places i i grew up and and uh, many of you guys did as well there was a hierarchy set up in churches and and in a lot of churches it it is that way where you had the greatest you know your top elders or whatever, and then various levels of ministry, and then you had the congregation, and it was kind of a, in a pyramid type of a thing. 
There's nothing about that that's scriptural. Absolutely nothing. In fact, the reverse is true. And it's what Jesus told his disciples. He said, if you're going to be the greatest, he said, you be the servant of all. You be the one that serves the master while he's eating. You you be the one that uh, waits on the tables. You You be the lowest among you what society thinks is is the lowest and you know that's that's my heart when it when it comes to to serving it's it's not for it's not for recognition it's not for uh title it's it comes down to um in the New Testament, then in, in the early church, and I think Phil touched on this when he was speaking the other week, um, where there's uh, there was a need in the church, and in this case, the need was the widows were being neglected, and it was hindering the preaching of the word, mm-hmm. and that's why they were, they appointed they found you know seven men and appointed them to serve so that the preaching of the word would not be hindered that was that was the primary the primary reason for that now obviously it was there to meet the need as well that's that's my goal in in serving in in various ways that the lord calls me to serve is to further the the preaching of the word and what i and what i do is that allowing the word of God to go forth, even if it's not me that's actually speaking the word, is the way I serve, allowing the word of God to go forth and, and to have the highest place of honor in our lives. And that's my goal. Amen. Well, for me... I was 28 years old before I ever knew what Jesus had to do with my salvation, even though I went to church. And uh, when I found Jesus, I realized that my life is not going to be that way again. I want to be a servant of his and, and support the work wherever I could. And I find that that's my heart over the years has been to support the work of Christ wherever it is. I want to be that supporter, and um, to be here now in Greeley, I'm very excited to be among you, and I'm hoping that we could all together be like a follower of our good shepherd, which is Jesus Christ. I read that story this morning. Again, it was so interesting to, to realize that that we're just all sheep, and uh, to be a part of of our good shepherd, he takes care of us. If we get hurt, he goes and finds us again and gets us back in the fold, and he looks out for us. So that's a little my calling, I think, in in helping the body of Christ here is looking out for um, people that have needs and, and want help. I want to be here to support that work. And to think of of Romans 12... It's only our reasonable service, which is the end of that first verse. It says, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies 
a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is only your reasonable service. So if I could serve in that way and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Thank you. I never thought I'd sit in a position of, yeah, just sitting up here in this way, especially looking at being a youth leader. As I look back over the years of what God has done and led us or led me to this place, um, I have to kind of smile because... I kind of came kicking and screaming, if you will, the whole way to a certain extent because I was so determined that I didn't want this to be where it would end up, I guess, in some ways. I love to work with youth, and I love to be that fun guy, but I always struggled with the part of it that actually is being the leader and uh, the one that has to talk about the hard things too. But by God's grace, he's been doing a work in me in that. And there's two passages of Scripture that I feel like God has really given me that define a little bit more for me where God has me in this and the place that He has put me in. First one is Ezekiel chapter 33. And bear with me as I read through these two a little bit. Uh, this will be about eight verses here. But And the people of the land take a man from among them and make them their watchmen. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people... Then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, and his blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his own iniquity, but his blood will, but the blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. As I see that in the reality of my place as youth, working with the youth, of when I see things, when I see danger coming to them, and I see things that they may not see, to warn them. And to be there as a as a person that is willing to say, this is not right. This is, this is something where God has showed me or this is scripture that shows us where we need to mature in some of these things. And to warn them. It's not that I want to coerce them into obedience or anything. But I want to be able to warn them to shy away from that which we may not see. Where the evil is, he, is, he appears as a as a um, 
lamb in sheep's clothing or a goat in sheep's clothing, if you will, and just desires to pull our hearts away from him. And I want to be there for the youth in that way, especially. The other passage I feel God has really shown me, and this is something that I feel has lived out, is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in chapter 5. I mean, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse, chapter, uh, verse 5. When then, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom we believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, we are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day, will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one of us has done. I want to encourage each one of these youth, and if you guys understand how our youth dynamics work or our youth group's work uh, dynamic is, it's far from just the youth from our church. I think that last count before some others showed up this last week, it was like six different churches represented through our youth group. So it's not just a youth group here from this church, but it's others, and they are, they are growing in Christ also. But I want to encourage them in the foundation of where they're building. Is it Jesus Christ? Are they building upon that? I want them to build something that is for eternity. And I want it to be, and I have to lay a foundation that is Jesus Christ. It is not me. It is not my work. It is not my wife's work. It is not the good food we serve. It's not the good fellowship. But it is Jesus Christ that builds and directs around that. And I want that to be the reality of what the youth go away as they continue on in life, as they get married or they move on, that the foundation that they have is Jesus Christ. If I am only willing to plant a seed, I am okay with that. Someone else may water and someone else may harvest. I may get to harvest, and that is exciting too. I may get to water, and that is exciting. But I want to do the work where God has me in all these things in the place that he has me. I want to say it's good to be here, kind of a little bit with some of these brethren they shared. I've never really ever imagined myself being sitting in the front here, but it is a very humbling and honoring experience both at the same time. Um, I feel like sometimes I share them like I'm the, the new kid on the block yet here, but um, it is, it is uh, with great privilege and an honor to be part of this team and uh, uh, are very much appreciated in our last time together. Uh, how I feel always it's not about personal uh, preference always, but how he always brings us back to the Word of God. And I very much appreciated that with his brethren. How continually, like, well, let's let's turn to the Word of God. What was the Bible say? And so I've been very very blessed with that and encouraged to be part. Uh, 
uh, this team. And um, I just want to open my life not only to these guys, but to you as a fellowship and uh, to serve in any way that I can. Um, but, yeah, um, I guess kind of growing up, I was always a very, very shy individual, but I've come to to really enjoy to be around people and to serve and to help. And so I said, anyway, that can be with the ministry team or you as a body. Um, I want to be here to serve. You're not shy. <laughs> okay, we'll just open it up. Uh, if any of you have any questions, um, feel free. I'll just open time up to you. Um, Lucas, maybe you can pass this mic around if anybody raises their hand. Okay? Anyone? <clears throat> Um, well, I, first of all, why am I going to, I'm going to start crying. Goodness, sheesh, man. Um, I want to say thank you um, to each one of you. Thank you for saying yes. Um, thank you for accepting what God is calling you to do. Thank you for accepting the commitment. Thank you for humbling yourself uh, to say yeah, okay, I'll do it. I mean, you were already doing it anyways, right? But, but still, just to, to officially accept it and say, okay, I'll, I'll do it, that's, it means a lot. And, and I, see, um, I see the love of God in each one of you, and, and that makes me feel safe as a, as a sheep, as a brother. Um, and, and I also want to say uh, that I bless you guys and... and I trust you, and and I hope I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of everybody here. And if not, you guys can say no. But I um, I put myself willingly under your authority, and I'll, I trust that you're gonna let God lead you, and and just serve with love and grace and mercy, and that what you have learned from the Lord, all that love and, and just being patient, you know, and that that heart of of his, just let him use you in, in the position that you are at. And and yeah, thank you guys. I I love you. Well, that was great, Lee. I, I'll follow what he said. He says it so well. <laughs> so thank you. I agree with all of that. And I thought I would just ask all of you, I don't know if you might, some of you might want to comment on how um, God led you into these paths of finding your gifts that he's given you, just to encourage the younger people, because <laughs> um, you each have such a unique place. And you've found uh, where God wants you and how he wants you to serve. And you're using what he's given you in those places. So, And I'm sure a lot of that was just naturally following him and serving him. But I don't know if some of you might want to comment on how you entered into that or finding 
your identity in Christ and what he wants you to do and I don't know. If, yeah. Wait, you. So, I, I mean, growing up I always had the feeling, but I didn't know the wording of it all. And when I was, if I remember right, 16 or 17, I went to a, a week-long uh, youth retreat. And um, in there they had a, a spiritual gift test. And so, you know, you do your little testing. And that was came out the top, and so I, I redid it. I'm like, well, I like to help people, but I always thought it was something else or whatever. And and um, so, and it always came back the same. And I was very happy with that. And um, so from there on, I just, I, um, just I went to the Lord about it, and um, I said, God, if... If this is who I am, if this is the gift, the spiritual gift that you've given me, then give me opportunities. And um, it seems like I've never had a lack of opportunities to help people. So uh, for me, that's that's kind of how I discovered that. And then just digging into it and um, seeking the Lord through it. You know, I've found in, in my life sometimes... When God gives a calling, it can be, maybe it's interpreted through our own culture or uh, experience or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I've, I believe from, you know, a very young age that God has called me to, to serve in some kind of capacity, whatever capacity it it was now in the, in the churches and organizations that that I was a part of. It would look a little different. So my uh, I, I kind of interpreted my calling through the organization or the church that I was a part of. Well, you know, if God's calling me to serve, it should probably look like this, or it should probably look like that, or it should probably look like this, and. I found out that God works totally different from that. Um, and for me, f- being open to, to God, developing the gift, de- developing the calling was, was very important. And, and understanding that it can manifest itself in different ways at different times. And as a, as a young guy, I was... Uh, in my 20s, mid 20s, probably, and I was uh, I was very active in in youth ministries and and different things like that. And in fact, fairly high up, if you will, in the organization. And uh, but I was I never really was thinking about that as uh, necessarily my calling. I mean, I believed God called me to do it, but I always felt like God was. You know, God has this calling in my life. How is it going to be manifested in my life? What am, what am I going to do with it? Not realizing that what I was doing at the moment was fulfilling God's calling on on my life. And I remember the day that 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 hit me. Um, I was in in a room full of kids that didn't. You know, we were the only church they had. We met with these kids on, on Tuesday evenings every week in, in the city of Lancaster in, in Pennsylvania, uh, inner city kids. And a lot of them knew very little about 
the scripture or or anything like that. And what they did know was usually not very accurate. And so we were essentially their church, and I was I was the leader of this particular group. And I remember one of the one of the kids coming to me uh, afterwards one time and and said, "Hey, Anthony, are you our pastor?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute." Wow. Never thought of myself as as that. It, it just it totally caught me off guard. And and as I got to to thinking about that, you know, terminology aside, I realized that wait a minute, you're here serving in ministry, doing what God has called you to do, and and all the while I didn't hadn't realized or wasn't feeling that I was. Uh, really uh, exercising the call that that God had on my life, and so that, that totally changed my my thinking. In and that's that's my encouragement to to young people is to mm-hmm. allow God to what whatever the you know if you feel He has some big calling on your life, be faithful in every circumstance that you find yourself in, whether it's ministering to other young people, ministering to kids, working back in the sound booth, whatever God has has called you to do, it's a ministry to the body of Christ and be faithful because that that is your calling. Be faithful in the calling that God has for you at that particular moment and God will take you then wherever he wants you to be, if you are faithful in the small things. I read the scripture in Titus this morning to my wife, and I told her, you know, we're in this together. And uh, I just wanted to bring that out. I'm not in it by myself, and uh, I've been blessed with my wife. Over the years, how she serves... And she's been a great encouragement to me in that area. Even there's been times when she wasn't feeling good, but still her heart is there to, to serve. And, and um, thankfully, she's been having some good days. And I'm thankful for that. But just to let you know, again, reading those scriptures, you know, the part that stood out there, again, is, is the husband of one wife and and given the hospitality and some of those things. And it's what we want to do. I remember um, a few years after my family left the Amish, I was probably seven or eight years old, and we went to a church service, and uh, the song leader got up. It was just an a cappella uh, service. It's probably two or 300 people there, and and my dad looked at me and he said, Jason, do you want to, would you like to ever be up there leading the singing? I said, no. <laughs> um, but um, for your question, Lal, on, you know, how do you discover um, what God's called you to do? I think growing up, I over-spiritualized it a lot and, and got really stressed out about, oh, what's God's call in my life? What's God's call in my life? And really, it boils down to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love your neighbors yourself. Um, and in Colossians 3, uh, the, the verse that I read earlier, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so I think, you know, in, in finding the gifts um, and walking in the calling that God has in our life is, is simply just, you know, if we love the Lord with all our hearts and then whatever you enjoy to do. You know, Carrie loves to be with the youth and and um, and talk to them and encourage them, and, and he does awesome in that. And so that's that's the gift that God has given him. I can play a guitar. So, you know, I can use that gift to serve the Lord in that way. So, um, yeah, it's just really just, I think, doing what you enjoy to do and do it as unto the Lord. So uh, that's my heart. I told you, Lel, I came kicking and screaming. Um, kind of give a backstory, I guess, to where and how God has brought me to this place. Um, I always, in my life growing up as a young man, as, as teenager, late teens, I always looked for a, anybody that would actually care and listen and wanted to hear what I was going through. And I struggled finding someone that would care, someone that was willing to take the time to understand the position I was in as a young person. And I always wanted to be there with youth in that way, just to be somebody that was there, somebody that did care, somebody that did listen. And I don't know, I, I still fail in this all the time. So as young people, as they listen to me, these young guys, you know, especially as they listen to me, I'm sorry because I know I fail and so many times I get busy in my own life too. But at the same time, I do desire to be that person that is there if they want to have somebody there. And I always enjoyed, obviously, having fun with youth. And so as when we were part of uh, RLCF, we would have these youth conferences and as God allowed me to, I started to do different things a lot with the youth or just be there. And then I was asked to start doing these activities. And as that grew and that expanded, then I was asked to start hosting a youth night every other Friday night at my house. And I was very specific when Santosh asked me that. I was very specific with him. I said, I will do that. We will play volleyball, but I will not have a Bible study. And he was not at all happy with that answer. And But I held my ground. I was very firm on that. I was like, God has not called me to be a teacher, and God has not called me to be in that way of anything like that. But I'll play volleyball with him. And after, um, after the churches, or after our church split with our LCF, and we were still hosting the youth night, God really started to do a work in my heart of whether or not and what was the willingness that I had and was I willing to actually humble myself and stumble through a Bible study. And I don't think the youth have any idea how torturous it was for me to think of leading a Bible study and still is. Um, I do not feel it's a gift that God has really given me to teach in that way. I love one-on-one. -on -one. I have a hard time leading to a group but God laid it so strong on my heart, and I was like, okay, I, I'll do this. And God has been merciful. I mean, I probably get more out of it than the youth do in many ways because as I meditate and study the Word of God through the, youth, through the week or the two weeks, thinking about what to share with the youth or what we can study, 
or meditating on the scripture that we're going to study, just what God does in my own heart with that. And yes, God has been faithful and he's brought us to that place where we do have a Bible study and it's amazing the things that God has brought out in through those studies. But that is just where God has brought me to. It's been a very, like I said, I was really kicking and screaming on that on that path forward. But what God has brought me to and what he has been faithful in, I'm so excited about. I guess to kind of answer your to answer your question, Lil, for I guess for me is, um, I think it's very interesting how uh, for for many many years I was thinking I didn't really have the capability, but just making yourself available and how God has takes you in different places, you know, and and how God. It's in his timing a lot of times, you know, uh, how he just moves and puts you in those positions. It's not necessarily always what I care for, but, um, yeah, kind of a little bit of an icebreaker here. So my oldest brother, for example, he's a lead pastor in his church in Tennessee. Our children were pretty young, and uh, it was right during a... um, presidential campaign going on and for those who know kind of some a lot of our backgrounds like the Mennonite and Amish and we shared to our boys of like my brother Kevin is in a lot what did do you vote of who's going to be a lot who's going to be ordained and I you mean he's running for to be a preacher again (laughs) so it was very interesting (laughs) Like it's right during that presidential campaign, <laughs> but uh, believe me, there's no campaign in here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but no, it just it's very interesting how the Lord can take you from church or different times of your life, and how just being available, be able to serve. Uh, huh? Oh, you got a question? Okay. Um, I did want to back up what Dad said, too, though. This is not just on me. This is my wife that helps me so much in all of this. If you guys know my wife at all, then you understand, and the youth definitely are going to second this. It would be pretty bad eating if it was up to me when you guys all come over every Friday night. So, But um, far beyond just the food, too, but the... um, I know she cares about each one of you guys very deeply, and each one well, of the girls, too. I mean, I keep saying guys. I'm including the girls and the guys. Um, and, Anessa, you are legally, like, you know, a part of this now. So, um, But, no, I just want to I wanna bless my wife for coming alongside me. There is no way I would actually even be willing to do any of this if it wasn't for your support and backing and all of this. Um, sometimes we think, what are you doing here, yeah? And this is question, uh, um, like, I know what for service needs a lot of power. And sometimes you think, I don't have this power. But we remember about a secret room. And we can come in, in this secret room 
and take all of what we need for service. And this is amazing time. Um, I, I, I remember what you feel right now because I had this time too, and this is very interesting time. And I bless you, all of you, brothers. And I want told you I love you too. <laughs> and um, so, um, uh, we sometimes think uh, like uh, I, I listen today. I heard today uh, Phil, and he told, this is good enough for me if uh, Jesus Christ my pastor. And sometimes we think that's enough for me. But he won't give for us a lot of more what we think, you know what I mean? Sometimes well, this is good enough for me. But he won't give more. And sometimes uh, our brains like, okay, this is good. But sometimes our heart don't understand how we can take more. And God uh, bless you, and I am bless you. And, uh, have good time for service Him. Um, as I was sitting here thinking of the journey that God has led each one of you on to bring you to this place, it's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of brokenness. Um, as God has walked with you, and just thinking of each individual life, thank you for choosing Jesus. Thank you for choosing life. Thank you for not getting bitter and angry and hardening your heart, but becoming more and more broken to the place where God can use you in such a powerful way. And I think for all of us, that's a, um, an encouragement for me, for all of us, to choose the path of brokenness, of death, of dying to ourselves, um, of love, um, and choosing to not get angry at God, to not get angry at people, um, yeah, that in itself is a miracle, I think, and I just bless each one of you for choosing that path. Um, and going forward, I'm excited for what God is going to do through each one of you, through each one of us, and I am excited to be on this journey, um, of course, with you, Carrie, <laughs> um, with the youth and the love that God has put in our hearts for them. I feel like it, it, it is supernatural. It is not just, um, oh, we love hanging out with youth. Like, that has been a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, and to give us, continue to give us wisdom. And I think the cool thing about ministry is that we need more and more of Jesus to be able to minister. Um, and so it's not like, oh, wow, now we got it. You know, we just love youth, and now we just have all we need Um but while we beg God for his wisdom, for his spirit, for his love, his life in us to be able to pour it out um, to the others. And so I think we're probably the blessed ones. Wait, Steve. Okay. I, sorry, I didn't see you. 
Oh, don't get old. <laughs> um, I, I just, ha I'm going to ask Carrie something. Um, <clears throat> I've learned and still learning, be flexible. Don't go against it. Because sometimes it gets harder on you when you do. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's also there's blessings behind it, even though we don't always see it. Um, and be, what I mean, be flexible. Sometimes we don't think we have the talent or whatever. Maybe God didn't call you in that area specifically, but you're in a position, and he, and if you're a willing heart, he'll use you, whatever it is, if prophesy or various other things. So don't limit God. I don't have a question. I just want to say I'm really appreciate you all for my whole family and bless you. And, and uh, you know this, but to affirm and remind that whatever you do unto the least of Christ's brother, you're doing it unto him. And how deep and wide, you know what I mean? Keep staying in that path and serving, seeing all the things seen and unseen. I mean, right? Is that, that's the path of life. If you're doing it, then, this, then God will just continue to bless the ministry going on here. I just want to say, since we, you know, were invited, you know, Phil and Kate were reaching out to us for, I think, a couple of years, you know, after we left our LCF also, and we've been just really refreshed and blessed and acknowledged and seeing that something that God is doing here, you know, and, um, and so many people are being drawn here, so yeah, continuing that, and then I think of the verse um, where First Corinthians 12, you know, about the body, where it says, and he has placed each member in the body where it's pleased him. So, you know, in my life, I've really used that as a gauge, like to be in God's will. Yep. But there's peace, you know, there's not a restless, there's a, there's a, a fulfillment where you are, you know, in fellowship. And, and now how much more do you find that, you know, you know, a place that really of serving in a particular body that's, you know, there's, there's confidence there that God, you know, unless someone's just not seeking God at all, you're just wandering around. But if you're seeking God, you know, you can have some confidence and faith that he's placed, he's drawn people together, you know, according to his will. And that's beautiful, right? So to function well. And so, yeah, we're, we love you all. And thank you for what's ever, everyone, everyone ministering. And everyone here, too, that's for all of us, you know. If you're drawn here and you're seeking God for your life, then you have some confidence that this is, you know, or, you know, Things can change over time, but, you know, God places in his body where he wants, not only for us, but for others, too. Because it also says that, you know, these guys, are, all these brothers sitting up here, but there's, you know, the wives were mentioned. But there's also all of us and different people that seem like, you know, they might not be sitting there. But it says the parts that are least acknowledged and seen are actually the most needful. It is. Because the needy parts, God puts in. He draws through the needy parts to fulfill the needs, too. And, you know, it all works together in a beautiful way. I was just going to say thanks, guys. I know it's a lot of work. And a special thing to family. So they give up a lot for us. Thank you. But this time it's going to be in Spanish, so it's a little bit more challenging for you. <laughs> no, I actually, um, just listening to John and Carrie and recognizing their wives, I really appreciate that. And that made me think, you know what, guys? Um, from man to man, I want to tell you something. 
take care of your family first. By doing that, you're blessing us, actually. By saying no to the church, church, if they say no to us at some point to take care of the family, that's good. That's, that's the kind of man that we want, okay? The ones that take care of the family first. So please do, guys. Take care of your family. That's going to be a blessing for us to see that example. Um, and that's it. Yeah, I just <clears throat> want to say, too, it's uh, it's amazing how God works, and I just want to say I appreciate each one of you. Um, it's it's uh, the way God brings things in a circle. It's, it's just awesome, and I just want to bless each one of you and support you guys. Are we having children's time next Sunday, John? Do you know? No? Okay. Maybe, perhaps we could, Jason and Carrie, would you be okay with singing a couple songs for the children at least? That way, the children are a part of us. I always hate to drop out the kids unless just for time schedule. And if, Jason? Next Sunday. Yeah, next Sunday. Uh, and then I'll share a short, uh, share a, a, a a word, and uh, whenever I say a short word, people raise their eyebrows. I, I get that. Um, and then the plan is to have each one of these brothers, along with their wives, uh, come up and, and just kneel down here in front of us. And, and at that time, then I want to invite all of us together to come up and just pray over them and commit them to the Lord and their service to the Lord and, and thank God for their willingness to serve like this. I think it's it's a beautiful thing. Precious are the feet that serve, right? The body of Christ. And it's, you know, Lel, you ask a very pertinent question. It's it's Christ the Lord whom we serve, and it's the Lord who calls. And it happens in numerous different ways, but it's precious because it's Christ. <clears throat> Okay, I think we'll take the time now to, to serve. And if you uh, brothers who serve as deacons, go and get it together. And, and then Drew's going to lead us in a song. Yeah, brother? Um, as, they, as they hand us out, Drew will lead us in a song. Um, and again, just hold your cup with your little piece of bread there uh, uh, until we all have. And then uh, I'll ask a brother to share uh, a, a word of thanksgiving for the bread. And after that, go ahead and give it away. Share it with someone. Exchange it with someone. And just let it, that serve as a reminder to us that the gift of eternal life.
that we've been given has been meant to give away, to share with others. And so doing, the Lord will be glorified. He that waters, Paul said in 2 Corinthians, will himself also be watered. Okay, brothers, Andrew. Up 
a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Sin had left a crimson stain But he washed it white as snow Dear Lord, we just uh, thank you for the redemption we have in Jesus. And, and Lord, it's uh, because of what this represents, your body and your blood that was given for us. Help us, Lord, to always um, remember that when the world is pulling us in the wrong direction. And Lord, to be humble and allow your Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the Father, and His will for our lives, and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can exchange it with someone. It says, and he also took the cup and gave thanks and said, this is my blood, the New Testament, the new covenant that I'm making with you. Aren't you thankful today for the new promise? Not like the promise that he made with those in the wilderness, do or die. No, it's new. I was reading in Jeremiah 31 this morning. If you have a chance, read Jeremiah 31, the new promise and the difference. It's marvelous. Brother Christopher, would you have a prayer of thanksgiving? What shall we render unto you, O Lord, for all your goodness unto us? We say, like David did by the Holy Spirit, we will take a cup of salvation and call upon your name. So we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And we know the gift of eternal life is all from you. And this is it, to know that you revealed unto us God our Father and yourself, our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you with all of our hearts. And we pray that um, this, the, the members of this body be drawn closer to you and one another and cords of love and um, in the body universal where we're connected to also just um, love would flow and and all people know you're just we're your disciples uh, by seeing that love thank you thank you lord amen
don't think we need to add much to that, so let's just stand and have a closing prayer. Thank you, Father, for this time together this morning. Thank you that, as we asked at the beginning of the service, you were here, you are here, and you have ministered to our hearts, and we thank you for that. I pray that you would go with each one the rest of this day, this week, and that you would keep each one fast in you, held in the hollow of your hand this week, in your security. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.